Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to For Book's Sake. This is Heather Roberts. And I am Veronica Adams. I cannot resist dancing to those intro tunes. I know. We love the bop. We really do. And it puts us in the right headspace every time. Yeah. In a a former life, I was a pop music queen. I mean, I wear my 90s 90s teenagers at uh, elder millennials, zennials, young Gen Xers, like... Yeah. I used yeah. to call us, what did I used to pronounce that as? Like Xenials or something. And then someone, <laughs> someone on TikTok uh, very not so kindly told me I was saying it wrong. And I was just like, whatever. Mortified. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. I'm an old person. That's what it is. Me too. <laughs> me too. Getting up there. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm okay you know, with it. Like with I'm- age comes knowledge. I am like so much more comfortable in my own skin and secure as I get older. Like I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need to go back to our twenties. That was that no. was a shit show. No, or my teens. Even if the music okay. was awesome and danceable. Yeah, very danceable. Yeah. I mean, the music these days. Some some songs are good. Some songs are. are you would know. You have a teenager at home, so like, I do. I have. You probably I'm, have a much better finger on the pulse of pop culture now than I do. I, I know way more than I care to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only tell you what's on Nick Jr. and Disney Plus, like Disney right. Jr. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, that's the that's the nice thing about us having different ages of children. So, like, yes. I know all the current pop culture references and like mm-hmm. slang and everything. And then, as your child ages, you'll be able to share that information. Yes, yes, I'll keep you in the loop as to what this. Yeah. Gen Alpha is all about. Exactly. Exactly. I have a Gen Z, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So anyway, we should talk about books, right? We should like- talk about books. <laughs> yeah. Today, let's talk about backlist marketing. Yes. Yeah. An important piece of the puzzle in terms of growing your brand. So, I mean, what is backlist marketing? Dun, dun, dun. What is a backlist, Heather? What is a backlist? So... <laughs> I mean, if you no, have- I, mean, I don't mean that facetiously. No. Like, obviously, you and I both know what it is, and a lot of our listeners will know what it is, but not everybody knows. Not what everybody. Backlist is. If you have books that you've published, that's your backlist. Yes. If you are, if you don't have a new, re- the new release is the front list. The backlist is everything else that you've ever published. Right. And for a lot of authors, they just sit there and they don't do anything. And the goal is for them to produce income for you. Yes. They are products on a shelf. You want yes. them to move. You want them to sell. You want people to pick them up and read them. That's the goal. Once you've built up a large enough backlist, you want it to make the majority of your money. Exactly. As to your new releases. Yes. And so you want every time you have a new release uh, for that backlist to rise on up again. That's right. And start selling. And that's really why you see a lot of authors with this rapid release schedule of one book a month because not only are they getting the front list money, right, for that new release, but they see their backlist rise and all of the sales go there. And that's what really helps to elevate the income um, and income potential there. So Rising tide lifts all boats, as they say, right? So in this case, the boats belong to you in terms of each individual book you've previously published. You should see an increase. And, um, you know, result of me when you're thinking release. about writing, I mean, there's such a strategy to this, right? There's a, mm. a lot of authors, you know, will write in series yes. because if you're writing in a series and you have a new release that's coming out, the series that is directly connected to that new release standalone 
is likely to get more attention than your other backlist titles. So if you're only ever writing standalones, it's sometimes, and they're not connected at all, Mm -hmm. it is sometimes very hard uh, to get your other standalone titles to sell that are, you know, in their own world. Sure. Um, So that's a strategy piece definitely to think about. And a lot of authors drop Easter eggs and different connected pieces within their series to connect them all. And that's always really fun. As an aside, just as a reader, I love the Easter egg. I live for the Easter egg. It's it's like the author's version of like a little Taylor Swift puzzle, right? Like when's the next album coming? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when is the next book, you know, where's the next book going to be set or which set of characters is the next book going to be about? I love the Easter egg. I love the Easter egg too. I really do. And it's some authors really execute it so well. And yeah, they just drop it in there. And sometimes you don't even see it. You don't even read it until you realize it in a later book. And you're like, oh. Like, oh my gosh, that's what that was about in the book two books ago. Like, yeah. And the payoff is, yeah, that moment of processing and acceptance and realization. I love it. Yeah. These, some anyway. of these authors are masterminds. I mean, literally. Sure. So good. For sure. <laughs> so good. So you don't have to have Easter eggs. You don't be you don't have to be a masterful plotter to have a successful series as your backlist. No, not at all. But you need a backlist. <laughs> yeah, you do. And as you start you writing, it, it they start to accumulate, right? Even if you're writing three books a year. And you've written for a couple of years. Well, now you have a several books that are just sitting yeah. there that you you need to do something with. So exactly, there's so many different ways that you can market your backlist. You know, for one, if you, if your book is wide or if your series is wide, you okay. could do a first and free. Love a loss leader. Love, Love a loss leader. leader. Yeah. Now, I, I would say that it depends on how big your series is. Yes. And that's a strategic thing, right? Like, I don't necessarily love a lost leader for like a trilogy, for example. No. And especially not for a duet. Oh, definitely but not. If you're talking duet. four or five plus volumes in a series, yeah. Mark that bad boy down to 99 cents or even make it permanently free. Yeah. Go the perma free route, as we say, and start getting people into uh, the series. Right through the series. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always say like we need somewhere for them to go. So right. it's it's great for them. It's great for you to have that loss leader, but where are they going after yes. that? So right. after because when somebody downloads a free book, you may get a lot of downloads on that free book. Sure. You may Who doesn't not love a lo- free book. Right. It's a free book. You may not get a lot of reads on that book. So that's something you have to think about. If you're giving away a free product, the mm-hmm. conversion of into actual reader is not a hundred percent. Exactly. <laughs> it's not even eighty percent. It's sometimes ten percent. So, yeah. you know, you want it to obviously be around four, you know, averages I what would you say? I would say like 30, 40. Yeah, somewhere somewhere just shy of fifty, probably. Yeah. It ranges, right? Yeah. But you also, know. depends on genre, yep. books availability. I mean, you know, you're going to see a different amount of read through on various wide platforms from platform to platform versus what you might see in Kindle Unlimited. So, Correct. yeah. So, don't be expecting. <laughs> I think it's all about right. expectations, right? You're going to be very disappointed if you've had 2,000 downloads of your book 
And then you only see, you know, 20 sales if you're not expecting that type of, of conversion. Right. And often the conversion doesn't happen instantaneously with free mm-hmm. titles. It's, you know, two months later, a month later, so at least a month later. Because you, sure. you have to give time people people time to read it. Yes. Um, you also have to be um, strategic about how you market the loss leader, right? right? So if you're giving away first book in series for free, who you give that book to matters. How you yes. put that book in front of readers matters too. Like there has to be some strategy there to ensure that all of the details are tight and that you're targeting the right group of readers. Otherwise yes. you are going to just sit on people's devices in and their the, apps and not and a, yeah. maybe they'll read you and maybe they won't. And not only that, but if you don't target the right set of readers and you're giving your book out to anybody, your reviews are going to start to reflect a, a yes. downward trend because yes. you're not targeting the right people. If they're, if you're just giving the book out and people are just grabbing it and reading it sight unseen mm-hmm. and then they read it and they don't love it. Well, that wasn't your reader. Yeah. You, you gave it to the wrong yeah. person. <laughs> so Yeah. And I, I know a lot of experienced authors who will tell you my lost leaders reviews don't reflect the rest of the reviews in the series. Yeah. For that reason, just because there is some dilution, no matter how well you target, this oh, is going absolutely. to happen. You're going to have some reviews that are just not really from your core group of readers and your star ratings are going to reflect that. Especially if you get a book bub or something like that on a first and free title. Expect huge, but also, yeah, it's amazing and it will help your backlist. It will help sell that. Um, But also expect that the ratings are going to go down on book one. They just are. For sure. Uh, Because everyone's going to grab it and not everybody that you want it. Also, if you're doing your front list marketing, appropriately, you've probably got a really strong rating number because you have gone out and gone out of your way to get reviews from readers who are supportive, readers who like your work, readers who are part of a street team or an arc team or who are regular reviewers and influencers or promoters for your books. So once you get your hand, your book into the hands of the general public, Unfortunately, you can't write a book that's going to please everybody. That's that's just right. the way it is. Nor should you. You Correct. shouldn't even try. Write your book, tell your story your way, and accept that there are going to be some people who are going to say, this one wasn't for me. Exactly. So yeah, just expect it. Expect yep. that if you have a lost leader, you're going to get some reviews that you're probably not going to love. Yeah. That's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. What else can we do with your backlist titles? You know, I know there's so, there's so many, I mean, well, it depends. How old are these books? Right. Do they need, do they need facelifts? Is your, is your metadata working? Sometimes. Yeah. If you, if your book's like five years old, you might want to go back and look at that blurb and look at the cover and look at your keywords and Mm -hmm. it might need a refresh. That's, it's always a good time to look at those and keep them modern and fresh. Yeah. Because sometimes putting a new cover on it will attract a new audience. That's right. Not only that, but just packaging of your books. Have you put them in box sets? Mm -hmm. Because there's a whole audience that loves reading in box sets. Yeah. And you're not tapping into them at all if you have these long series of, you know, 12 books and no box sets. 
And then the box set is something that you can also market. You can also get book pubs for segmented box set as an yes. aside where you put just a few volumes from the series in one box yes. and then you do a second box. If the series is really long. You can do a third or a fourth box. I love that. I do too. And then else you can do is look at where you've been selling too, right? Mm -hmm. So typically when we're supporting our clients, I think the most common move is for an author who's been exclusively in Kindle Unlimited on Amazon to move their books wide. But I'm seeing a trend now, perhaps because of the economy, where more authors who have had series successfully wide move those books into KU to try a cycle or two in Kindle Unlimited to make more money on their backlist because perhaps they've exhausted the reach wide or they want to try and make some KU money quickly. Yeah. That is something else that you can do is experiment with where your books are available for purchase. Absolutely. And see if maybe one audience does better than another. Um, I just Mm -hmm. had a client do that with a, a series that has been successful wide and she wanted to try a new audience. And so she put yep. that series just in Kindle Unlimited, not all of her titles, just that series. Yep. And it's an experiment just to see. Absolutely. And, you know, that's something you can play around with these things and you have to, you have to have a strategy. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, no, of course. You have to understand the impact. You cavalier about it and make it sound like you can just one day wake up and go, oh, my KU cycle's over. I'm going to throw my books up wide. Or, oh, I'm tired of selling these books everywhere. I'm just going to put them in KU. There should be some thought and strategy put into it. Yeah, as long as you understand the potential impacts and the potential yes. risks and all of that, and you're willing to take that risk, I say go for it. Absolutely. Give it a shot. Sure. Agree. Other things that you can do with your titles, uh, with your backlist titles, I mean, you can run one sale. But I've seen authors and have helped authors do series sales where they'll do two or three books in a series at 99 cents. It helps raise the whole series up and Mm -hmm. can really promote that series as a whole and get new eyes on it um, if you have more of a series sale happening. So you Mm -hmm. don't have to do just one sale. You can do multiple sales. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you can you can stagger them seasonally. Yeah. I like uh, I like to look at the calendar for the year ahead and talk to my clients in advance about what books we're going to put on sale this year and when strategically, which series need a bit of a lift, which books are languishing and could use, you know, more eyes on. Let's consider maybe making those the discount titles, especially if there's already a loss leader in place. And also, you can't, yeah. I mean, you can't make a free book any cheaper than free, right? So what other titles in the series might we discount at some point in order to get additional read through? Where does the attrition happen? You know, mm-hmm. look at your numbers. Right. What volume in the series do readers check out and stop moving on? Let's put that book on sale and see Ex- if we can get more people reading through the back half of the series. Exactly. And also think about when you're putting these books on sale, what new releases do you have coming out? Yes. So what series is coming out? And so can you try to promote that series prior to the new release to get more eyes on it and get people into the series before the new release even happens? Yep. Yep. I've got a client who has a new release next month and also has a BookBub feature deal on book one in that series two weeks before launch. Glorious. Love that. That's that's a textbook case of executing that strategy, in my opinion. Now, of it course, is. even in the absence of the book bub feature deal, 
you can still discount your title. You can buy third-party newsletter feature placements and put it out into the ether yourself without BookBub support if they decide to decline a feature deal for your your title. As they want to do. Yes, they are very selective. <laughs> I had a like, client once it's, call it's that like a the book version of online dating with BookBub, yeah. right? Like you're swiping right and they're just like, nah. nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not interested. Exactly. <laughs> But something else that you should look at with your backlist, if you haven't looked at it in a minute, is your back matter. So when we're talking about conversion sales, we're talking about people reading through series mm-hmm. and what makes them go on to the next title. Right. So what is in the back of your books to help them do that easily? We need Are things. You inviting them to yeah, read through. You need to invite them to read through. You need to make it as easy as possible for them to click and go and continue the reading process. Yes. Yes. So look at that back matter and see, have you made it easy for them? Do they have to then go back onto Amazon or the other retail, wherever, and find and physically type in <laughs> the name of the next book? Did right. you even give them the name of the next book? Uh, did you give them a small preview of the next book uh, in the series? What, what have you done to entice them? to reading the next book. Yes. I'm a big fan of the, uh, the excerpt to the preview, the mm. first chapter or two of the next book in the series, just automatically being included in the back matter. Yeah. Toss that bad boy in there and then give the link to read on. Right. It doesn't have to be very long. Just something no. that gives a, a little flavor of, mm-hmm. of the next book. Keeps the reader invested in the world that they've just finished one story in. And you're already leading their minds into staying in that universe with the next book that they choose to read by giving them that sneak peek, that preview, that excerpt, those free chapters. I even know some authors continue the book that you're, that you're reading. So there's no stoppage, right? They Mm -hmm. finish the story and then the next chapter is in the new characters POV. Yes. They're at the place where it just ended. It's all that switched is the POV and into the new character's mind. And you're now suddenly in the new story, right? And yep. they just referenced it. It's so, you can do it so seamlessly. And it's like the, the next time on, like scenes yeah. from television, like serialized television shows you know, the episode finishes and they immediately serve you some preview of the next episode. It's exactly the same thing. Right. You're okay. still in the world. You're still thinking about these characters. You're just now reading from the perspective of the character who, or characters who are going to star in the next volume of the series. And yeah. It's brilliant. It's it's completely brilliant. And it keeps you in, in reading and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, now I'm, now I'm in, now I'm in again. Yeah. yeah. And you want to read again. So you have to, Figure out what works best for you, but definitely take a hard look at that back matter and see how you are serving the next title to your readers. And very importantly, make sure that as part of your front list marketing strategy, you are looking at your back matter. Yes. Every time you publish a new book. Yeah. The previous book in series needs to, to automatically lead to the new release. Correct. And I know it's awful. And a lot of work, but you have to update that back matter frequently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it which, should just be an automatic part of your new release plans. Yeah. 
which is why it's sometimes hard to outsource your formatting. Because if you're outsourcing your formatting and they don't provide a lot of changes or it's very expensive for you to get changes, changing that back matter then becomes quite an additional cost. Yes. But if you buy a program like Vellum or there's there's several, Vellum's mostly for Mac. You can do it on PC, but it's a little bit of a hoop jumper. (laughs) But there, (coughs) excuse me, there are programs that you can use on PC. But yes, find out how to format your own books. If you can take control of formatting your own titles, Mm -hmm. that will help you be able to quickly update back matter, quickly then go and upload those onto the retailer sites, wherever they live, and it'll make your life easier. It's it's a little bit easier if you're doing something like that in-house. Or if you're working with a company like us, we do do that um, for authors if they want that. Get a PA or a VA who Mm -hmm. also is very skilled and experienced in this if you don't necessarily need full comprehensive marketing support. Just having someone on your team who reports to you who you are in control of delegating to rather than a a third-party provider who may have high demand and um, minimal amount of time to do last minute changes or fast updates for you. Just having control of the formatting process somehow, whether you do it or a member of your team does it, makes this much easier for authors to manage. Because we all know that even with the best of intentions, often authors will find themselves up against a deadline and require things to be done in a short time frame. It is the nature of the beast. It just is. You can plan and plan and plan and plan. And then sometimes it just does not happen that way. I chalk it up to the free spirit of the creative side of the mind and people who are largely living in their creativity, who are primarily creatives. Yeah. Sometimes struggle with that for sure. Structure. What's that? And (laughs) deadlines never heard of. Right. But then they, but they often hit the deadlines with their books. So it's just, my point is it happens. It happens frequently enough that we've come to expect that as just part of the nature of of what we do in our work. You need to find someone who also accepts that that's part of the nature of things. Yes. Someone whose skill set and business model are set up to support those last minute interruptions, changes. Right the the high pressure stakes of meeting a deadline with a manuscript or a final file. Yes. So, I mean, other things you can do with your backlist now that we have options like Kickstarter where, you know, I have a client who's about to launch a Kickstarter for a, a, it's a combination of titles in her backlist that all have to do with a single family. Like they different levels in the right? Different generations, if you will. Right. And she's making one hardback title and going to be launching a Kickstarter. Other fun things are included too. But other authors are doing things like that as well. Taking titles, older mm-hmm. titles, putting them into a new way of reading. Yes. Uh, including sometimes new material. Mm-hmm. And launching Kickstarters for special edition, limited edition paperbacks or hardbacks yep. as, as it were. I love a collector's edition hardback personally. And this is an innovative way because what I've seen with Kickstarter efforts in the industry up to this point is mostly front list focused stuff. Like 
help me, you know, find the financial commitment to write this side story that, you know, certain readers love this character who is not really a primary part of this series, but like, if there's enough interest on the Kickstarter and enough commitment, then I'll go ahead and take the time to write this additional new book for you. Which is a great way to use Kickstarter campaigns. For sure. But innovative to go back to the backlist and find ways to repackage or expand on or provide bonus content or these special collections of like related stories within a universe that maybe were not sequential in the series. Right. Find a way to add value to the reader experience. That's really what it is. What what would they perceive as an added value? Because that's Mm -hmm. what's going to sell. Well, and, and beyond that, just, just removing the Kickstarter campaign from this, you can go get alternate covers, exclusive limited edition covers, um, paperback or hardback only covers and have your own merch store, your own direct to the reader store on your website Mm -hmm. or any third party platform that does pretty foil covers. Mm -hmm. Oh, the foil, the sprayed edges. Pretty. I know that's all next level things. So, you know, certainly you can do those things, but you also remember you have to have the readers to be able to support your desire to do some of those things. Sure, sure. There has to be some demand there in order for you to take the time and invest in providing this supply. Right. So book boxes as well with backlist titles. You can do your own book book boxes. Yes. You know, you can also submit your books to other book boxes for consideration. Yeah. And find new readers that way. Yes. With backlist titles. So, I mean, there's just... The, the list continues. <laughs> we yep. could go on uh, with different options. And I'm sure new and different things are will continue to pop up in the market. Absolutely. Which is part of the reason why I love this community so much. People are so creative um, with yep. different ideas. But Everybody's so creative. <laughs> they are. But yeah, there's just, there's a lot you can do with your backlist. Don't let it just sit on the shelf and collect dust, mm-hmm. even if it's virtual dust. Yeah. Do something with it and put those books, yeah. put those books to work for you. You wrote them. They were a labor. Find readers for them. Exactly. Make money. Make money. <laughs> That's the whole thing, right? That's the name of the game. But listen, if you asked me, this is me. If you asked me, do I want X, Y, or Z? The answer is I always want whatever is going to bring profit to my client. Period. Exactly. What is in the best interest of my client to make them the most money? That's right. That's right. That's, that's our mantra over here. (laughs) And I think, I think that wraps it up for today for the backlist marketing. Yeah. That's a good overview. It is. We could, you know, we could do later episodes where we really dive into some of the details, but this is a, this is a good look at it, I think. And if you want us to dive into any of the details of any of the things we talked about, just let us know. Shoot us an email. Yeah, send us an email. Yeah. We'd love to hear uh, what you want to hear and we can talk about it more. Yeah. Have us speak on whatever it is that's on your mind. Send us your questions. Exactly. Now, Veronica, do you have an evergreen marketing tip for this week? Oh my gosh. I completely forgot we needed to give one this week. Can you bail me out? Can you you bail me out? Oh, can I bail you out? (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. I mean, we've talked about, honestly, a lot of evergreen marketing tips in this particular episode. Right? 
Right. But I will say taking, touching on the back matter uh, or backlist back matter, I I will talk about back matter again because that is so important for pushing books forward. And with publishing, it is so important to continuously update your back matter with whatever it is. An evergreen marketing tip, if you do not – did we talk about newsletters yet? If you do not not – If you do not have a newsletter, you need one immediately. You need to find a way to have a direct line to your customer, to your consumer. Yes. So we can talk about that too as a, as an evergreen marketing tip. Uh, You need that direct line. For sure. So. Having a consistent audience to whom you can place your books in front of them. Not just your new releases, your backlist too. I think that ties into this entire episode, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because just because they're on your newsletter doesn't mean that they've purchased every single one of your books or even know about every single one of your books. Exactly. Unless you have a really great funnel set up and you know exactly where those subscribers have come from, the sources of them, and you're segmenting and you know exactly like this person entered my list after reading this title. And some people are, are very diligent about having their newsletter list set up that way. Yes. Um, but if you're not one of those people, you, you know, you don't have nothing to lose by putting old titles in front of them in your newsletter every week, month, quarter, however often you're sending out your newsletter. Exactly. Uh, in addition to those upcoming pre-orders and your new releases. For sure. Great tip. Thank you for bailing me out. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) You're on the hook next time. (laughs) You got it. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's right. And until next time, this has been for book's sake. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's go out on the bop. Yes, I'm ready to dance. <laughs>